Tzoraim Tov, we continue in Megillus Esther with the commentary of the Ramah, the Mechir Yayin. Yesterday we gave an introduction to the story and we did the first Pasuk. And the first Pasuk was introducing the human being. And the first Pasuk was telling us that in the days of Olam Haza, it's describing the days of this world where the tsura, that aspect of human being that gives shape and form, is forced to connect with the Chomer, with the physical form of the human being. And they have to be partners, but it's very painful for it. And the human being also realizes that he is a king regarding his choice between good and evil from the beginning of his life until the end. And it discusses um, what all the years of his life are. Okay, that was the whole general introduction. Remember that the Megillah is analogy to the human being, the Jew, and the Jewish life. And now we begin the second Pasuk, and this whole uh, first chapter is going to deal with stage number one, as will be explained. So Pasuk Bey says, In those days, When King Achashverosh sat on his royal throne, which was in the capital of Shushan, so the Ramah explains, now we're getting into the details of life. And he says that the days of the human being's existence on planet Earth can be divided into three parts. The first one is called Yemei Ho'aliyah, the days of ascent, which are also called Yemei Naras, the days of one's youth. The second is called Yemei Habachrus, the day when the person is a bachar, meaning someone a little bit more uh, older, which is called Yemeha Amida, where the person has now come to his station in life. He's plateaued. This is where his real productive years are. And the third is Yemei Yerida, the times of descent, which is the days of old age. So now in the first chapter, he's going to discuss the idea of Yemei Aliyah, when a person grows his youth and it teaches us the general nature of a human being. And therefore it says, and it was, and it was on these days, okay? And the Megillah, the Medrash on the Megillah says, it's not to be understood in the simple way. It doesn't say, b'sheves, as it's like, it's a better word for when the king said, as he said. And the Medrash says it means yeshiva sheni yeshiva, sitting, which is not exactly sitting. What did, what did the Medrash mean with that? And again, he goes back to the Rambam telling us, we always have to look at all the allegories over here. And the Rambam explains, well, what the, what's the allegory of kise? Kise, a throne. Well, normally, the, the real throne is the throne of Hashem. And the throne of Hashem uh, reflects the greatness of Hashem. And it really comes essentially from Him. 
That's the greatness. The king is on his throne. That's where his greatness is. And Yoshev sitting, first Hashem, where he sits tranquilly without any change. In other words, Hashem, when we talk about the ultimate Hashem sitting on his throne, it's the great powerful Hashem in and of himself, which is tranquil and isn't subject to any vicissitudes in life. Okay? And that is the highest level. But there's, what about when human beings are doing this? So therefore it says, Bayomim Hohem, on these days. And what does that mean? When the days of the youth begin and the person begins to feel a little bit stabilized, meaning he can start reflecting on the throne that he sits on. Remember, we said that every human being is the the own king of his own life. And he wants to reflect on his greatness, that he rules over everything. And what do we call it? Shushan Habirah. Shushan is a mushal for the entire world, which is the great capital, which is called Shushan from the word Shoshana, like a beautiful rose, a beautiful world. And that's, so therefore it means, when the Gemara says, what does it mean? Kisheves? Doesn't say Bisheves? where he begins to settle into himself. In other words, a person doesn't get totally settled right away. Hashem is always sits and there's all there. But it's Kishavis as he's trying to stabilize his understanding of life. You remember, he started as a child, as we'll see in a minute. You try to figure out life. And you try, you see what's going on. There's a world. You can manipulate the world. You can do things to the world. So as the child comes into the world and he is going to be, uh, he realizes that he has certain power and he has a power over Shushana Bira, which really is the is the analogy to this world, this beautiful world. And when this has all happened, the third Pasuk says, Bishna Shalosh Lamalcho, in the third year of his reign, Osa Mishta he made a feast for all his uh, princes and servants, Chel Paras Umadai, the army of Persia and Media, Hapartumim, the nobles, the Sari Hamedinos, and the princes, the provinces, the fun of before him. So, what's going on over here? What's so special about the third year? We're talking about now, right when a person develops and he becomes three years old. This is the third year of your reign. Now, what's so special about the third year? The third year is after two years, he's weaned from his mother. And now you begin the third year. And once you're finished weaned from the mother, the rabbis say, for example, just like by Avram, at three years, he could recognize his creator. So that means you already have a certain level of consciousness when you're entering your third year. And we know it says, uh, Hashem told Adam, that if you're not careful, sin crouches by the door. So when you start, you're entering that third year, that's really the cognition just begins where you can start to either recognize that which is good, like Hashem, or you could be attacked by sin that crouches at the door. Okay? And therefore, what could happen? You could be going after your physical pleasures and to go after parties and and drinking feasts, etc., etc., and therefore, he makes a party. In other words, once you begin and as you start, the Yetzirah has a head start on you. 
So what do we do? Well, now, of course, at two years old, he isn't making parties. But what do we know? After two years old, the child, me, me, me. Everything's for me. And that's a developmental stage. And he makes a party. Now, who does he make the party for? So it says, for his officers and his servants. So we have to know a person. Again, the analogy is, a person is an entire world. And different body parts represent different things. For example, we have the officers. Well, the officers, when it comes to the body, is like the heart and the, uh, the kidneys, where that's where certain intelligence, feelings, emotions, and things like that. And the head is the king of all the parts, because that's where all the intelligence comes from. And all the other body parts are like servants. So that's what's going on over here, that when he's three years old, he, the king, the head, your cognition, makes a party for the sorrow, for the important ones, let's say the heart, and for the servants, the lower ones. He makes a mishteh, a feast for all of his body parts. And therefore, when you have a feast, you don't hold back on any of your tithes. Let's just start enjoying life. Let's just start feasting. And therefore, it talks about certain types of advisors that are called chel, paras, umadai, Persia and media. Simple meaning is Persia media. But on a deeper sense, in a parable sense, that a person develops over time different perfections, as the rabbis call first perfection and second perfection. And the first perfection is the virtue of good midos, character, which he calls seichel anashi, human intellect. And that's where good midos come from. And that's the word modai from the word midos, character. So there's certain officers within you, you want to develop character. Paras, although it means Persia, can come from the word pras, which is a reward. And that's symbolic of the later perfection that comes from really understanding things deeply and therefore, a person understands his eventual goal of doing activities, and for that, he'll be rewarded or punishment. And therefore, he has to understand things deeply. So in a normal progression, a person first has his feelings and emotions and his midos, and you want to work on that. And then you work on your higher level of intelligence to realize life is serious. you got to make decisions as reward and punishment. And that's the normal way it should develop. But here it says, paras before mada. Paras is talking about when that's supposed to come, the latter development, he works on that earlier, which shows what generally happens with the youth is that they change things and they think they're so smart and, they, and they're going to use their intellectual mind that's not fully developed. And they put that front and therefore, and what do they use it for? For all their pleasures. So therefore, and that's going to be what's going to be now for the, the uh, the Sorim and the Medinos, which are the Sore, the officers of the Medinos Lafana. We said the Medino, the Sorim are the body parts, and the Medinos are the years, and that becomes the more control. So what we see in this passage is once the child is weaned, his Yetzirah seduces the person to fill himself with all the physical pleasures. This is the normal way of a person. Pasig Dalid will now describe. And this happens as the human being sees the glory of his status. When he begins to say, I really can do something. 
So that's the next pasuk. Berharoso, when he showed Achishver showed as Osher Kvod Malchuso the riches of his glorious kingdom. And the splendor of his excellent majesty. Yomim Rabbi, many days. Yes, Shmonim Asyom, 180 days. So what's the symbolism over here? Well, when a person feels that he has a certain status, he's, he can start doing some things. So he becomes arrogant when he sees three things in his life. There are three main things that a person can say, I really am something. One is wealth. One is honor, and one is virtue. And that's what it says. It's talking about, we have kivod malchuso and yikar tiferes kedulaso. So those are the three things where he's where he wants to really aggrandize himself and feel he's great because he has wealth. That's the word osher. And the word kavod is the honor, and the virtues is the yikar tiferto. And that's, a person says, oh, I'm something. And he's he's uh, praising himself. But really, these are not the things to praise oneself with. These are things that come with us. Your Shemaim is to praise yourself with. Not the fact that you're uh, rich. Not the fact that you get honor. Not the fact that you have virtues. But he does that. Now, the next words, he explains very interestingly, although the Pashup shop means he made a party for 180 days. But really, what is the guy doing? He's partying because he feels he's a glorious person and he has all these virtues. And 180 days, he learns in an interesting way because it says, first it says he makes the party. He made a party and who the party was for and what was happening at the party. Only at the end, does it mention Shmoni Mamasyom, 180 days? So he says like this, when a person sees his virtues, he sees virtues of what you see in this world. You see virtues in this world. Now, what? how much of this world can you see at one time? Well, let's look at, we know we have what we call the, the world um, rotates. So how much of the world is visible at one time? The sun shines on one part of the world. So usually we could say the world is 360 degrees, 360 degrees, right? Now, what would be half of that is 180 degrees. 180 degrees is one side of the earth, the face part that the sun faces. The other 180 degrees is the other side that we don't see. And the horizon separates. it. So symbolically, a person only sees the 180 degrees. That's what he sees. And there's 180 degrees that he doesn't see. And the word yom often can mean a day. What's a day? 24 hours is because of the rotation of the earth that creates day and night. And that creates everything happens. So therefore, yom can be a word for zman, for time. So he makes the party, he makes the party rotating around the 180 degrees of what he sees in this world. And he makes the party for all the body parts for everything that's in his life. He fills himself and therefore it continues. And it says, Uvimlos. And then as opposed to learning it, the Pashup shot 180 days and then seven days. We're saying he parties constantly. He parties all the time because he thinks he has all these virtues. And I just party away. But in Pasuket, it says, Uvimlos, Hayomimelos, simply means, and when these days were over, 
the king made for the people who were found in Shushabira from big to small, a party for seven days. So the uh, uh, the um, the Ramah explains here the word bimlos doesn't have to only mean when it was finished. The word mole full can be a reference to Hashem, as we know. The whole world is filled with God's honor, and filled means something of importance and of virtue, because Hashem fills the whole world. So He's saying when He when He fills all these days. When a person thinks that he has accomplished everything in these days, in this world, under the heaven, for the 180 degrees that you see, and there is nothing else but this. In other words, when a person figures wealth, honor, virtue, prestige, that's what it's all about. And I feel I've accomplished that. So then the party, which you do every day, you make it for seven days, being to say just like a week is seven days, and your whole life is one string of seven days after seven days and seven days so you just keep partying partying all week long you party in the part of the world that's 180 degrees the part you see and you party every seven days on and on and on and on and who do you party with the Talmud would tell us the righteous of Jerusalem wouldn't just go to any party righteous Jerusalem would not know who's at the party I'm not going to go to to, a, to a, 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 a meal where there's uh, drunkards and lowlifes. I'm very particular where I go. But here it says he makes the party for anyone who's found in Shushan Abira, for anybody. And it says, anybody who's found, from big to small. It means I'll, I'll, be, I'll party with anybody. It could be a nice person, a reputable person, or a low life. I don't care. I'm going to party with whoever I want. Now, there's a much deeper understanding in the garden of the king's orchard, but I'm going to skip that. And the, the, ma- the main idea is he not only does the body partying, but the intellect gets indulges in vices as well. That is what the human being is doing in in this time. Yes, question. Rabbi, so... 180 days is almost a half year, right? Yeah, but yes, but he's not learning it that way. He's learning it's symbolic of the 180 degrees that you see in a day. So the word yom can also mean a time. The time when you see the 180 degrees on the horizon. Remember, this is allegory. This is not to be understood as the exact interpretation of the Megillah. We're learning it on an allegorical level. So he makes a party for every 180 degrees he sees. In other words, whatever I see, we always see only 180 degrees of reality. So whatever I'm seeing, that's what I'm partying. And you party seven days means just constantly partying. Okay? And now what and now we describe the beauty of the feasts. There were spreads of white, fine cotton, and blue embroidered with cords of linen and purple on silver rods and marble columns, couches, couches of gold and silver, pavement of green, white shell, and onyx marble. So the Ramal goes into a long, detailed discussion that I don't want to spend a lot of time. He proves this in great length. But basically, the main thing, what are we seeing? There's a beautiful world here. And he's saying, in spite of the fact that Hashem provides for this young person, a world that if you would think about it, you'd understand that the purpose of this world is not just for your pleasure. 
you understand that everything came from Hashem with a purpose. And that would mean to develop your seichel, to learn from the world. And there's so much beauty to learn, but he refuses to learn from it. In other words, life is a party. <laughs> when a human being is young, it's all a party. The body is what rules. The seichel gets contorted. And you party with whoever you want. Okay? And that is the early stage of life. Now, this is obviously when the person isn't given proper guidance. Hopefully, you're giving them guidance. We're talking about the natural human being. Talk about the natural. You take a look at the average secular human being. What do you do? Whatever Medicine Avenue tells you. Your little child, give him a cell phone. Give him everything. So what happens? The little, the little uh, monster, the little wild one is going to gloat over everything. I'm amazing. I'm great. I can party because everything I want. And how far does this go? Pasuk Zion. It says at the party, Hashkos be place of, and they gave them to drink in golden vessels. Vikeli mikelim shonos, and vessels different from another. Vyayin malchus rav kiyadamelech, and royal wine was plentiful according to the bounty of the king. What is the allegory here? What does golden vessel mean? Golden vessel, going, drinking from golden vessels is a, is a metaphor for lusting after women. He goes after his sexual desires, which really is not an appropriate thing. And women are called golden vessels. A woman metaphorically is called a clee, a vessel. Why? The Gemara says a woman will not make a commitment to a man except for the one who makes her into a vessel. What does it mean makes her into a vessel? Meaning when he's intimate with her. When he's intimate with her and he breaks her hymen, she now can become a vessel that can have children. A woman only connect herself to the man. Of course, she's more than a vessel. But saying something that where she's able to now receive that which can make her a creator to bring things. So there's an analogy is the woman is called a utensil because it receives. It's the macabre. And so what does he want to do? And to show how beautiful they are, we call them golden vessels. So what does it mean? Man is drinking from the golden vessels. He wants to just have all the uh, erotic behavior he can, and not just with one woman, but Vikali, Mekalim, Shodim, and different vessels. One day with one lady, one day with another lady, just to fulfill all his desires. And the more you're into one desire, you get into another desire. So this is symbolically saying they're having all kinds, they're drinking from all kinds of vessels. And that's how evil it goes when we're in our youth. And Hashem gives us all these things. Hashem gives us a seichel, gives us understanding. But if a human being is left to his own designs, he will not, he'll use the understanding, he'll distort it and, and justify all the animalistic desires. So now you may say, well, what do you want from the kid? He has no choice. So what are we told about the party? But the rule was the drinking had no restrictions. No one was forced to drink. For the king had given orders to every palace steward to comply with each man's wishes. What's this Pasuk saying? Although we say in the previous Pasuk that man goes with Hashem's gifts after many women and pleasures, but the creator does not force man to sin. Don't say, I have to be that way. 
That's not because let's just like the king said, we're not going to force people to drink. No one's forcing you to drink. You have free will choice to do good or evil because that's what the king established. Hashem says over those that are in control, the stewards of the house. And that means who are the real stewards is one's intellect. Okay, that's the steward of the house. Really, each of us has a steward. And you have an intellect. And Hashem says, everyone has an intellect. As the Gemara says, everything is in the hands of Hashem, except for fear of Hashem. So no one's forced to have to do what he does. You're deciding to do this. Right? There are, there are good ways to behave. And therefore, since we know that the Yetzirah is evil from the youth of a person, so we see what's coming up. It's not enough that the person goes after the desires of his heart, that the Yetzirah wants things that are pleasurable. You can understand, you know, eating treif is pleasurable. Having intimacy with a lot of girls is pleasurable. There's all kinds of pleasurable things. But what eventually happens is they, they continue and they do things that aren't even pleasurable. We know there are certain pleasures that make sense, that, that from one area seems to be of some benefit, but there's other pleasures that don't make any sense at all. And they just come because you're a physical animal. And that's what it's going to discuss in the next Pasuk now, how if, if, if it goes unchecked, even though you're not forced to sin, you go from one thing to the next thing. And don't we see today there are people who are doing things, how could you even say it's a pleasure? What, what do they say, you know, that it's uh, uh, certain things, you know, you, you, in the beginning, it's, it's, it, it's okay. Let's say that any kind of addiction, how does any kind of addiction start? It's pleasurable. But after a while, it's not pleasurable anymore. After a while, it's destructive. But they can't deal with it anymore. And that's what's happening. That, you know, okay, I have free will choice. I'm going to just go after the girl's physical pleasures. That's I'm just going after physical pleasures. And you keep going after physical pleasures. After a while, you know, you, you just, then you, you get into areas that are crazy. Areas of erotica. Things that just don't make any sense. You look at the world now. That the fact that we're going after a world where we, where we change the sex of little children. It doesn't make any sense at all. It's destructive. Who benefits? Of course, who benefits? The hospitals that charge all the money. But the human being, how could you be so stupid? I understand you. certain things, you know, you want to have a good time. Okay, fine. But to do things that are totally crazy. But that's what eventually happens. And where's the source of all this? So let's do one more pasuk. Now this is the party that the king makes. This is the king. This is... Achashverosh. This is the Homer, the, the, the Tzura, the thing that's able to make an imprint. And yet the Tzura can be confused. But we also have the Homer, the physical body. And who is that? That's Vashti. Vigam Vashti Hamalka and Vashti the queen also made a Mishtenoshim. Mishtenoshim. What does that mean? Mishtenoshim. Feast? A woman's feast. Why doesn't it say Mishtenoshim? A feast for the women. Why does it say a woman's feast? In the house of the king of Achashverosh. So it says like this because the truth of the matter is what's the representative of physical 
desires, the chomer, the, the, the form that is meant to be used. We call it chomer hanifsad. The physical form eventually disintegrates. The law of atrophy. What do we call that chomer that's hinted in the word vashti? Where do you see it hinted in the word vashti? Well, King Solomon, when he talks about women who come dressed as harlots, he says, the woman comes, and he says the word, shis, shin yutsaf, zona. Shis has many meanings. Dressed like a harlot, acting like a harlot, you know, in, in a not nice way. That's the word shis, shin yutsaf. Well, how do you spell vashti? Vashti is vav, Shin Safyud. It's just a letter Shis in a backwards order. So therefore, Vashti, the, the first Vav is just like a prefix. But the real word, it contains Shis, which is a desire for complete harlotry, even as the Navi there is referring to even a married woman. And that means that not only does the, the Tzura make a party, not only does Achashverosh party away, but the Chomer, the physicalness, makes a party. And she makes it not a party for women, but a women's party. Women, women's in terms of not women per se that are righteous women. We're talking about the 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 part of the human being that could be so um, seduced and to be convinced and is um, naive, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So therefore, anyone who who makes goes after the tzura in the wrong way is achashverosh. It's hard to separate. And now we'll even have parties that are totally based on the Chomer. And the Chomer, so now we got like, it's like two parties. It's the, the element of the human being who's the Tzura, that really is supposed to shape things and use your Seichel. But we distort our Seichel. And we think, wow, I got so many good things, I have everything to party about. But then you not only party with things that are just pleasurable, you're going to have what we call weaker level parties. Parties where it's just completely erotic. Where it's, who would even enjoy such a thing? Like you read crazy things when people get into intimacy. The crazy things to tie people up and whip them. And that is enjoyable. Make them my sex slave. Like, is that normal? Is that even, but that's how the body, the body goes unchecked. And therefore... We are in a really, so Vashti symbolizes the Chomer that becomes worthless. So now in these first eight psukim, we are showing that the human being, when he's in the ascent mode, he's beginning to understand, he's developing some kinds of consciousness, but he allows himself to follow the immature intellect and to combine that with the animalistic form you're creating a disaster. And tomorrow we're going to see how does, does Hashem not give us any chances? Does Hashem just let us go and just to destroy ourselves? So see, tomorrow, no, Hashem has brought put things in the world to give us a chance. But what's going to happen when man doesn't? And that's going to be tomorrow when the king calls for Vashti, what that's going to really mean. And her refusal is going to have a much deeper meaning. We'll get to the Amir Tzashem tomorrow. Uh, Shlomo, Shlomo, you, 